me get this podcast going. They daily fellowship with God. Could you imagine? Wow. Daily, God would come down in the cool of the day and they would walk and fellowship in this perfect place. And yet when we look at this and say, wow, that must have been great. No, it is great. Now, we're no longer living in a perfect world, but that same God comes down and fellowships with us now in an imperfect world because of sin. So yeah, it is great that we can still fellowship with God. But as far as this world is concerned, it is an imperfect place. That's the reason God is not only trying to get us to heaven, he's trying to get heaven to us. Sin came in and changed everything. And right off the get-go, the fellowship that God had with Adam and Eve was automatically broken. Automatically. And notice what happens when we allow sin into our life. We start playing the blame game. The first thing Adam did was blame God. In Genesis 3.12, the woman you gave me You, God, you did it. You gave me this woman, and she caused me to sin. Like he didn't have a free will of his own. So the first thing he did, if we're not careful, is the first thing we do, and we blame God. Now, Adam then blames Eve. He said, the woman that you gave me, he then said, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I did eat. So God, it's your fault because you gave it to me and it's her fault because she gave me the fruit. Twisted my arm, pulled out a 38 and made me eat it. Your fault, her fault. Notice now, he ain't never blamed himself. Through the whole thing, he never took responsibility, which is what sin will always do. It'll keep you from taking responsibility. It'll keep me from taking responsibility for my actions, my words, my deeds, my behavior, my conduct. I'm talking to somebody tonight. I ought to be getting some amens on this one. So God blamed Adam, then he blamed Eve, then Eve blamed the serpent. In Genesis 3.13, and the serpent, she said, deceived me and I ate. Heard a preacher say one time, that Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. Because <laughs> if you know the story, God cursed the serpent to crawl upon his belly the rest of his day. Prayer, all I can see is that the serpent must have had legs more like a lizard. But at that time, he was cursed to crawl on his belly. We know that Eve was to have pain in childbirth, and we know that the ground was cursed, and Adam would have to till and work the soil. But the worst thing that happened is they were put out of the garden, the perfect place. And sadly, they were put out of intimate relationship with God. Then everything came under the rituals, the sacrifices, until Jesus came and restored us back into that divine fellowship with God. And so it's been ever since that time. We live in a fallen world under the presence of sin. All evil all wickedness, all wrongdoing are all rooted in sin. Somehow, how, some way, you'll find that sin is the root of all of that. The presence of sin has affected mankind since our creation. Since the very beginning. When Adam and Eve sinned from that time on. Yet, that's where I want to go tonight. 
I am yet amazed, though, at how many Christians blame God when things don't go the way they think they should go. Now, again, I might be preaching to me. I've done it. Not right out, but then again, we do a lot of things that we don't right out do. I expect that out of the world, you know, when I think about the world, I expect them to blame God. They don't know any different. They don't know God. They don't know the promises. They don't know the provision. They don't know the promotion. They don't know the protection. They don't know the fellowship with God. I don't blame the world when they blame God because they don't know God. But Christians, believers, you know, I still remember the news anchormen and reporters and people who questioned the existence of God on 9-11 because they didn't know him. Someone asked Ann Lott's Graham, uh, Franklin Graham's sister and Billy Graham's daughter, where was God? They actually showed her a clip of the people jumping out of the buildings because the only place they could go, the fire was so hot, they didn't have an option but to jump, knowing they were jumping to their death. And one of the reporters cornered her and said, where was God when that person jumped out of that window? And I'll never forget her response. She said God was right there catching that soul that that soul cried out to him. And that soul would know more joy in the presence of God than it had ever known. And it would be safe for eternity. That's where my God was at. Saving. For what was more important than the temporary, God was on the scene for the eternal. Amen. Wow, what a response. But you see, they didn't know the God that Ann Lotz knew. How many of us have at some time left the faith because things didn't work out the way we wanted? I, I can tell you numbers of people who've walked away from God because of one thing that happened and they got mad at God because they didn't understand and they blamed God for what happened. Thousands of times over the years I've heard believers challenge God with a why me? Or the why why do I deserve this? What did I do to deserve this? Or what sin did I commit to bring this into my life? And a lot of times, it was nothing you did at all. But don't we ask those questions if we're not careful? Why God? Why me? Why do I have to go through this? Well, what would happen? Had we rather wish it on somebody else? Do we not understand that God has found us faithful to go through these things? And there's a reason, and we're going to discuss that. Then there is the age-old question. Oh, I've heard this. Pop's heard this. Every minister's heard this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? If I can tonight, please allow me to clear up something. I've been in a lot of hospitals over my years of ministry. I've been in a lot of jails. I've been in a lot of prisons. And I've been to a lot of funeral homes. And I've discovered something very important to answer this question. Why do bad things happen to good people? What I have discovered is this. Bad things happen to bad people too. Yeah. I've known a lot of bad people that their ways caught up with them. Bad things happen to bad people too. Can I just put it this way? Things just happen. 
And sometimes it doesn't matter if you're good or if you're bad, things just happen from time to time. But because God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and ever-present, many think he actually causes the pain, the sickness, the heartache, the trouble, the loss, the crisis, the problem, because he's all-knowing. He knew it was coming because he's all-powerful. He could have stopped it because he's ever-present. Why wasn't he there when yet he was? Because he said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. You see, that's our perception. And we really don't know him if that's what we think. If we think he doesn't care, we're talking about a God who sent his only begotten son to a cross to die for a world that many do not even want him. Many spit upon him and mocked him and yet he still sent his son to die for those kind of people and then tell me he doesn't care. There are many, there is a way that many who like Job's wife who told her afflicted husband to curse God and die. There are too many people like that today. Just like Job's wife. Curse God and die, man. Just be done with it. Now, I want you to note how Job responds in Job 2, verse 10. Look at what he says. Thou speaketh as one of the foolish women speak. What? <laughs> I'm reminding Bobby Cotter, what? <laughs> That's what he says. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall not receive the evil? Which means also misfortune and that which is of a bad nature. Job looks at his wife who just said, just curse God and die and be done with it. He says, you talk like a foolish woman. Shall we receive only good from God and not the things of misfortune and the things of bad nature? Those things are going to come too. Whatever made us think that it's supposed to be sunshine all the time, that it's supposed to be a party all the time, that everything, my friend, you know why I appreciate the good times? Because I've been through a lot of tough ones. You know what gets me through the tough times? Because I know my God is faithful and good times are coming again. It's all in the focus that we have. But then look at what Job says now. Look at what it says about him. In all of his pain, in all of his suffering, in all of his trouble, He's covered in boils. He's sickness. He's literally an outcast. He can't even stay in his own house. He's sitting out in the, on the farm somewhere in, in, in ashes and all, suffering and hurting him. His wife in the midst of that comes out and says, curse God and die. But look at what he says about him. In all of this, he lost all of his family, all of his possessions. His wife is now verbally abusing him. His friends have done nothing but found fault with him. But it says, in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. That's what gets us right there. When we let this mouth get out of control, when we start asking or basically demanding, it's all right to ask God something. That's how you find out. But when you ask demanding or expecting, when maybe you can't even comprehend what God's doing, our lips and our tongue truly reveal our hearts. 
Now, look at what Job said when he lost all of his possessions. Here he's, he's in sickness, but look at what it happened when he lost all his possessions. He lost his job or his finances or his home or his car. You can relate it to yourself today. It says in Job one twenty one, naked, which doesn't mean just physically naked. It means without possessions. Naked without possessions, I came out of my mother's womb, and naked without possessions, I shall return and depart. I came into this world naked without anything, and I'm going out without anything. Even Jesus said man's life is not made up of the things which he possesses. But then he went on to say, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the midst of all that he lost, not just possessions, he lost his sons and his daughters, ten of them. He lost servants that were close to him. He lost all of his livestock. And yet he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And look again in verse 22. And all this Job sinned not, nor did he charge God foolishly. And all of this, he sinned not, nor did he charge God foolishly. How many of us have charged God foolishly with our whys, our constant worrying, our uncontrollable stress and doubt and fear and frustration, the things we allow? We're basically telling God we're blaming him when we allow these things to control us. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. Why God? Why me? You know, sometimes I have to remind people when they get into their negative conversation about everything that's worrying them, I like to just do this. Has God ever once that you know of let you down? Now, you might have thought he did at first, but eventually you found out there was a bigger plan and you saw later what he was doing. You couldn't see it right then. I know people who live the worry. And it's heartbreaking to see it. Because we ought to know better. We ought to know by now we got a God that is faithful. We ought to know by now he's not going to allow the enemy to destroy us. We ought to know by now no matter what happens. Daddy's got a plan. And daddy's going to take us through. And daddy's going to promote us and protect us and love us and care for us. And daddy's going to take us all the way to glory. Daddy's faithful. But every time we question him and every time we get upset because things aren't going our way. Because it's not working out like we think it should. I've seen this happen many times. Sometimes God's got to let you lose one job to give you a promotion to another one because you would have never gone that way had he not caused you to lose the other one. I've seen people where God would turn things completely around that they never could have comprehended the way he did it. And all he's asked us to do is trust him. How many of us charge God falsely with fear and doubt and worry and stress we're basically saying he's not big enough. Oh my goodness, I could preach this. 
When I take it on myself to worry about something out of my control, I am literally saying, Daddy ain't big enough to handle my problems. He ain't big enough to handle my sickness. He's not big enough to handle my finances. He's not big enough to do what I need done in my life so that I can get where he wants. He's not big enough, so I've got to do it. We have just falsely charged him. We don't have to boss it. But if it's in our heart, he sees it. But you know, there is a promise in Romans 8, 28, and we know, praise God, that all things work together for good. How many? All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, the called, according to his purposes. All things, not a few, not some, not most, all things. Every aspect of my life Every aspect of your life is under the control of Almighty God who loves us, the Holy Spirit who will lead us, the Word that will guide us, and our Savior that has died for us, who even now is praying for us. God uses every situation. Somebody needs to get this tonight. God uses every situation Every trial, every temptation, every tribulation, every circumstance, every pain, every crisis, every loss, and more to make us better and stronger. Every obstacle in our life, whether physical, spiritual, emotional, socially, it doesn't matter physically, every area of our life, please hear this, are obstacles for opportunities. Amen. Now what do I mean by that? What, what do you mean by that? What I mean is this, every time something comes we don't understand. Every time the devil knocks at the door. Every time there's a pain, there's a loss, there's a suffering, there's a problem, there's a trial, there's a temptation. Every time, here's some things we can look for. We have the opportunity to feel God's presence. I can't tell you the times that my suffering allowed me to feel his arms wrap around me and say, son, it's going to be all right. I got this. But you know, he can't do that if we're mad and blaming him for it. But you see, it's an opportunity to feel his presence. It's an opportunity to learn a valuable lesson. It's an opportunity to build on our character. It's an opportunity to increase our faith, to strengthen our trust, and to make bolder our confidence. Every situation that is out of the norm, out of what we would call the good life, is an opportunity to in some way fill his presence, learn a lesson, build our character, increase our faith, strengthen our trust, or make bolder our confidence. But do we look at it that way? I have learned, and I trust tonight you'll grasp this, I have learned in every situation to get to the place that when something happens I don't understand, 
to say, okay, Father, what do you want to do in this situation? What is there for me to learn? What do I need to do? What is your plan? Holy Spirit, calm me down and help me listen. In all things, the Bible says, give thanks. In all things, good and bad. Because there's a lesson in all of it. There's a presence in all of it. There's an opportunity in everything we face. The Bible says rejoice always in the Lord. Not just on the sunny days, but when it's raining. When it's cloudy, when there's a storm, when you're being tossed to and fro. Rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because your Redeemer lives. And He's going to come through for you. He has not turned a deaf ear or a blind eye to you. He sees, he knows, he feels. And tonight he wants you to know he loves you. Quit blaming him when things aren't working out. Good times and bad, we need to stay focused. We need to stop blaming God. We need to seek his direction in every situation. The Holy Spirit is always available. Always available. Our comforter to lead, to strengthen, to correct, to guide, to love, to help, to empower whatever's needed. He's ready to help us. But we got to stop blaming God. Well, you know, my worry is just my worry. No, your worry is a sin. My worry is a sin. My stress is a sin because I've got a God who can deliver. I've got a God who is promised. I've got a Father who is faithful. And when I try to do it myself, thinking he doesn't care about me, then I'm blaming him. I can't think of a thing in this world I can ever blame God for. I can't think of one time that he's not been faithful. Tonight I want you to take a good look at your life. Maybe you're going through some things. If you've got some prayer needs, we want to pray with you. You know why we want to pray with you? Because our Father has a plan. You see, if you've got a prayer need, there's a situation in your life, you can either blame God for it, or we can go to God who can fix it. We can get angry with God or we can fall in love with God. It's up to us. The devil wants you to get angry. And because there's sin in the world, things are going to happen that sometimes are going to be out of your control, out of my control. But I'm going to tell you one thing. They're never out of God's control. He's faithful. And he knows what he wants to do. He knows what his plan is. He can see into the future. He knows your eternity. And I can promise you, whatever he may allow today has nothing to do with today. It's further up the road. Preparing you for something you can't even see. I heard a preacher say one time, if you can't trust God with a headache, how will you ever trust him with a brain tumor? If we can't trust God with the little things, how will we ever trust Him with the big things? But yet the Bible tells us, trust Him with everything.
everything. Everything. There is a devil on the loose, but there is a God on the throne. And Satan can't ever do anything that God doesn't already know about. And notice again what that scripture says, that God will work all things to our good to those who love the Lord. God will work all things to our good. No matter what you're facing, sickness, finances, relationships, it doesn't matter. God has a good plan if we will trust him and stop blaming him when things don't work out the way we think. Because the Bible tells me we cannot even comprehend fully His thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are far beyond our ways. But his way is right. His thoughts are right. And if we'll trust him, God will do an awesome thing. Tonight, if you're listening without Christ, I want you to know that God loves you. Jesus loved you and died for your sins. God wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants to give you a hope. God wants to let you know you can be all right with him for eternity. If you've got sin in your life tonight, God says repent of that sin. If you don't know my son tonight, God says I invite you to accept my son Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To confess that you are a sinner and accept my forgiveness. Believe that my son rose from the dead. And the Bible says thou shalt be saved, not just now but for eternity. If you don't know Jesus tonight, he loves you. He cares about you. He wants you to have an awesome life. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through things, but that's the key word. You're going to go through it. And it's going to make you a better person. As one person said one time, every situation can make you better or it can make you bitter. When we get bitter, we blame God. But my friends, if we rejoice in who he is, each and every day we have an opportunity to rejoice. When things are going good, rejoice. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Worship him. And when things get tough, focus in on his promises. And don't give up. Don't let the devil have a foothold. The Bible says give no place to the enemy. And stop blaming God. I hope this message has spoken to you tonight. I hope you'll share it with someone. If you've um, asked him, do we have any prayer needs tonight, darling? All right, tonight we've got Brother Ken Adams. Uh, you know, I want to say something right quick. I talked with Brother Ken the other day, and I'm going to tell you, he's been through something. And that man, I am so proud of him. Because I'm going to tell you, he's been shaken, he's been moved. He had a knee surgery, and the devil's attacked it every way he can. And he don't always understand what's happening, but he don't ever lose his faith. No matter what he's going through, and I'm not here to just sing this. I'm going to sing about the praises of his father, which is what Ken would want me to do. But brother, I admire you that you don't give up and you keep trusting God. No matter what you go through, I hear you. I can hear it in your voice. God's on the throne and he's going, it's going to be all right. And I believe it's going to be all right. And it's going to be a powerful testimony, brother. So you just keep hanging in there. I'm proud of you. For my daughter Rachel and the baby, she's having some issues. But honey, God's got this in his hand. And I don't care what report you get, you praise him anyway. You stand strong and remember the times he's brought you through. Remember what you had with the first one, a little car. And then remember 
what you thought might be epic, but God said, no, I'm going to do it different this time. And it all worked out anyway. You just keep standing strong. God's going to take care of you. We're believing that. For Melinda Turner wants to pray for their church new vision. Chris, y'all hang in there, honey. You hang in there, stay faithful. God gives you one feed to one. He gives you a hundred feed to hundred, but stay faithful. And realize you are making a difference. Every time I think of y'all, I'm encouraged. Because you're fighting the good fight. You're running the race. You're not giving up. You do what God tells you to do. But I'm proud of both of you. You tell Pastor Chris, hang in there, I love him. Got a friend that's blind, but we believe God gives sight. God can heal. God will heal. God will be God. A woman who has diabetes and no money for medicine, hey, I got a daddy that provides. You start praising him right now. I don't know who you are, but you start praising him like it's already done. The Bible says speak those things that's not as though it's where your daddy loves you. And you go ahead and start praising him right now that he's going to provide a way for what you need. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Don't blame him. Praise him that he's got a plan. Father, tonight as we pray for each one of these needs and any others, oh, you're an awesome father. You're a wonderful God. You're loving. You're caring. You're merciful. The Bible says your mercies are new every morning that you load us daily with benefits. Daddy, you're wonderful. And Lord, forgive us for the time that we may have blamed you for anything. We can never blame you for anything because you are always faithful. And you are going to work all things to the good of those who love you. Those that are the called according to your purposes. Father, for all these needs tonight, I rejoice that they are opportunities and they're going to come through these things. Father, they're going to overcome these things. They're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. They're more than enough in the word of God. The Holy Spirit is resting in them, on them, with them. And they are going to come up out of these situations with a testimony and a praise and a shout that God is faithful and God is good all the time. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you. We praise you. And we consider these things done. We consider these things already being answered, even as we pray. In the name of Jesus, and thank you, Lord, for our worship time tonight. Father, we're looking forward to what you're going to do with this ministry and mom and pop and everything you're going to bring into this ministry because now is the time. Father, things are hard in this world, but now is the time for the light to shine brightest that people will see and know that you are real, that Jesus is Lord, that the Spirit is available and the Word is truth. And Lord, we're honored to be your servants for a time such as this. And all God's people said, Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed us tonight, please send it on and share it with someone else. We'll see you next week on Tuesday Night Live Bible Study. Amen. Amen. Woo! Good one. That's a good one.